I'm a teacher and a prophet. Actually, I'm a prophet and a teacher. So I can't do any service without teaching. This is a prayer gathering. You will come here weak, but live strong. God brought you here today. You are not here by chance. Your coming here was beyond an invitation. It was a call. Because God wanted to communicate something to you. That's why he brought you here. I'm going to use some few times that we have to teach you something. I'm actually laying a foundation. Because revelation will make you pray more. Prayer is the most important work that a man can do for God and for man. Prayer is the rails on which the locomotive of God's power runs on. Prayer is the manifestation of all that God will do in a man's life. Before God will ever move, prayer must move. When believers understand the power of prayer, I am telling you everything will change. Everything. You will value prayer more than your phone. I have not done anything except pray from Monday to today. And I've enjoyed it. I enjoy pr prayer more than preaching. I enjoy my prayer closet more than talking to you here. I'm in a hurry to leave and go and pray. Because I've seen something. Some of you don't understand. Especially those who are closer to me don't understand why you are seeing some few transitions in my life. I changed last year because I found something. And what hurt my heart was that during a three days fast, the Lord told me that, son, you wasted six, six years, eight months. I wasted six years and eight months, almost seven years. When God told me that I wept, that's why you're seeing me like this because I have to catch up. Anyway, that's just by the way. I want to teach you on prayer. In these four Fridays, please, I wish you never missed any. Because if you are in every meeting to the end of November, I can assure you something will happen to your prayer life. Because you see, all that God will do in you, for you and through you, is dependent on prayer. So the earlier you understand prayer, the better. You know, most of the times we've heard prayer or defined prayer to be uh, talking to God or conversing with God or having a chat with God. That's true, but that's very basic. It's true, but it's basic to say prayer is talking to God. It's basic. 
it is very important to understand prayer i'm giving you six reasons why we need to study prayer the first reason why we must study prayer i wish you made some notes because something will happen to you six reasons why we have to study prayer is that number one every major old and new testament saint prayed that's the first reason why we must study prayer every old and new testament saint that made any indelible impact in bible times prayed i'm talking of from a servant or a slave to a king i'm talking of from the poorest to the richest they prayed kings prayed prophets prayed commonness prayed We saw Eliezer who was a servant. He prayed. Abraham prayed. Isaac prayed. Jacob prayed. Elijah prayed. Elisha prayed. It's, it's the more reason why we need to study this thing. So prayer is no respect of persons. It's no respect of age. Young people prayed. Old men prayed. Middle aged prayed. You can check through the Bible. Children prayed. Number two, the second reason why we must study prayer is because Jesus taught on prayer and prayed. Prayer was the most important part of Jesus' life and ministry. It was the most important part of Jesus' life and ministry. Very important. Why do I say that? Jesus began his ministry in prayer. Luke chapter 3, the verse 21. He began ministry in prayer. Before he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he prayed. He lived in and by prayer. There are times when the crowd were so many and gathered, Jesus withdrew himself and prayed. He prayed all night. So in the beginning of his ministry, he prayed. In the time of his ministry, he prayed. Even at the end of his ministry, he prayed in Luke 22 when he was in agony. He prayed even the more earnestly. And even when he died, he prayed. Into your hands, Father, I commit you, my spirit. That's prayer. So even at the point of that, Jesus prayed. And the most shocking is that he resurrected and he's still praying. The Bible says he ever lived to make intercession for the saints. He's not preaching. He's not working miracles. Every other thing Jesus is doing today, he's doing through the church. The only thing he's doing together with the church now is prayer. That is why we must study it. Number three reason why we must study prayer is that the early church depended on it for everything. The early church depended upon prayer for everything. They didn't have crusade equipment like this nice equipment here they didn't have keyboard they didn't have monitors they didn't have billboards so how were they going to take the gospel to the world they didn't have any resource it was by prayer so the waiting of the promise they had to pray in acts chapter 1 verse 14 to maintain their christian purity they prayed to send missionaries they fasted and prayed to release power for miracles, deliverance, and salvation of souls, even conviction in the hearts of men, they attended by prayer. 
Number four reason why we must study prayer because Jesus and the apostles commanded us to pray. It's the, it's the fourth reason why we must study prayer. They commanded us to pray. Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 1, He says, He gave this parable to the end that men always ought to pray. It's a command. First Thessalonians 5 17, He says, Pray without ceasing. That's a command. So the reason why we must study it is because Jesus and the apostles commanded us to. Number five, because prayer is the only platform for communing with God and receiving from God. That's why we must study it. Because if you don't understand it, your communion and fellowship with God, and in fact, your receiving from God will be problematic. We have a lot of Christians today who are frustrated because they say they have prayed and they have not seen results. Today, I'm going to teach you why you have not seen results in prayer. Because today, we realize that in Ghana, there's a lot of prayer going on. People are praying in Ghana. Go to prayer camps. People are praying. Go to retreat centers. People are praying. People are praying in Ghana, but there are no results. Their lives are still the same because they've not understood the mechanism of prayer. I'll teach you today. Number six, because prayer, be, number six, because of its effect in human history. The sixth reason why we must study prayer is because of its effect in human history. How do I mean by that? If you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, if you look at human history right from the deathless pasts men accomplished great things for god through prayer the sun was stopped by a man through prayer children were brought to birth by prayer the hearts of men and kings were turned by prayer kings and nations were defeated by prayer rains were brought by prayer provisions were brought by prayer thousands have been fed by prayer so because of its effect in human history we need to study it if someone is sleeping beside you you, you just hit the person tell the person this is not the time for sleeping in conclusion in as much as we are to study prayer the only way to learn to pray is to pray because you can learn to pray and not pray you can know prayer and not pray. You can talk about prayer and not pray. You can think about prayer and not pray. You can desire prayer and not pray. Beloved, desiring for marriage is not marriage. Desiring for food is not eating. Desiring to brush your teeth is not brushing. In the same way, that desire to pray is not the same as prayer. The only way to pray is to pray. The only way to heal prayerlessness is not to worry about it. Pray. What is prayer? Listen carefully. Now, I wish I had a formica board or something here to share something with you. Now, prayer or praying is from the Greek word prosiukomai. Prosiu komai, pros, P R O S, then EU, EU, then C O C H O M A I. Prosiu komai is the word for prayer in the Greek, though prayer has many Greek and Hebrew words. I want to center on this because it carries a very rich meaning. The word prosiu komai comes from three Greek words. First of all, it comes from pros. Pros means face to face. 
than the word eo from which we have eugenia good lady eo angelion good news gospel the word eo means accepted or legal grounds or that which is good then we have the word komai the word komai means to explore to the end the word komai means to find it all the word komai means to exhaust so when you put these three meanings together prayer is meeting face to face with god on legal grounds in order to explore him to the end or prayer is meeting god face to face accepted through christ jesus to be able to find it all in christ so prayer is beyond asking it is finding hallelujah there's a wonderful man called sir thomas brown he called man the great amphibian he called man the great amphibian what's an amphibian an amphibian is a creature of uh, two worlds so he's trying to say that man is a creature of two worlds listen carefully man is a creature of two worlds the first world is the material world by which he's able to touch space and time he's able to relate with material things and with human beings and with physical people that is the first place man relates to people and man is also of a second world which is called the spiritual world it's the spiritual unseen world so man is a creature of two worlds the physical world and the spiritual world but if the christian does not understand this reality he will only function as a man and receive results as a man and die like a man aw toza said many christians are foolish why because a goat knows his home and knows how to go back a bird knows its nest and knows how to fly back it is only christians who don't know how to go back to their spiritual homes for renewal that touched my heart we go to work we go to preach we go to do activity 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 in town when does it end it ends home when you get home you change your clothes you take a shower that's when you bath in the evening you take some good coffee you watch tv you are more relaxed home is a place of refreshment you energize yourself by sleeping and resting and preparing for another day's work so every man that goes out to work comes back home it is only the christian that doesn't know that after many activities we must come home coming home is prayer prayer is actually your spiritual homecoming so there are many believers who are exhausting themselves in the world through friendships through their phones through work through ministry and so many things and they have refused to come home so they are stressed they are tired they are almost giving up they are fainting you know why because you are not home when a believer prays that is where he comes home when you pray you are refreshed you change your spiritual clothing you become more refreshed you watch spiritual tv viewing god 
spiritual radio hearing God so prayer is at home when you get home you actually fellowship with your family in prayer we fellowship with God's family have you seen this thing so you see the place of rest is not actually out there the place of rest is home that tells us that there is no rest anywhere apart from a spiritual home in prayer please understand this very important what then is prayer i want to define prayer even more deeper for you because today many believers are so selfish that their prayers are not making any results and i want you to listen to these definitions of prayer before we get deeper are you are you enjoying this thing all right so what is prayer prayer is the offering up of our desires unto god for things agreeable to his will in the name of christ and thankful acknowledgments of his mercies you don't need to write all that if you want to write fine we can write in short notes you need to just understand it prayer is the offering up of our desires what we desire it is offering it up to god for the things agreeable to his will so it's not just offering what you want it is offering what you want in agreement to his will follow this in the name of christ and a thankful acknowledgement of his mercies secondly prayer is an act of homage from creator to creator when you pray you are paying homage as a creator to your creator as a creature to your creator it is the highest expression of our allegiance to god follow this thing it is the highest expression of our allegiance to god what is allegiance it is loyalty when we are consistent in prayer we are actually expressing our highest allegiance to god when we pray we are saying that we are loyal to our relationship with god i am tired but i'm loyal i am busy but i'm loyal i have a family but i'm loyal that's how we prove our loyalty to jesus spending time with him that's prayer it's not just binding and losing are you following this thing prayer says john buyan he says it is a sincere sensible journey out of the soul to god when you pray you journey your soul unto god so he's saying is a sensible and sincere journeying out of our soul to god through christ jesus in the strength and assistance of the holy spirit for such things as god has promised isaiah chapter 64 the verse 7 isaiah in one of his verses defined prayer in a very unique way he didn't know he was defining prayer he said and there is none that called upon your name that stirred up himself to take hold of thee that stirred up himself to take hold of thee that stirred up himself to take hold of thee that means prayer is laying hold on god it is arousing one's soul to lay hold on god are you following this thing so prayer is when the hands and the fingers and the arms of your soul embrace god
and we embrace him with our souls in the place of prayer hallelujah it is to rouse oneself from sleep and seize hold of jehovah it is the highest exercise of the affections the will the memory the imagination and the conscience towards god so much that this very act becomes the gymnasium of the soul how do i mean he's saying that prayer is the highest exercise of man's imagination of man's will of man's emotion of man's conscience towards god so much so that that exercise becomes a gym for the soul so you have not used your soul to its highest expression until you pray you have not exercised the power of your imagination and the power of your will and the power of your emotion and the power of your conscience except when you pray you will never know the extent of your body the capabilities and the potentials you have until you exercise it in prayer i from monday to friday i've been praying close to 60 hours did i ever know i can be able to arrive at that place it was when i began exercising the power of the emotion the will now the desire is inclined to that place praise god so that is how you do it in prayer it's an exercise are you following so prayer is the enjoyment of god by way of communion and fellowship it is the enjoyment of god by way of communion and fellowship prayer is loneliness with god prayer is staying with god until you begin to look like him and radiate his glory prayer is god and man in a closet prayer is mingling clinging and fusing in and with god so are you seeing that in all these definitions we have not even started talking about asking god for things we are talking about a mingling it's like a oneness with him where his will becomes your will his thoughts becomes your thoughts that's what happens when you stay longer in his presence you know jesus told us you see prayer is beyond asking though asking is a key reality in prayer prayer is beyond it why because jesus describing the three stages of prayer he says ask and you shall receive he didn't stop there he says seek and you shall find he didn't stop there then he says what knock and it will be open so prayer is asking correct it's not only asking it is seeking and knocking so in asking we are able to receive from him that is making petitions to him asking him for grace for anointing for our daily bread for material things but you see prayer is first asking but not only asking so if asking has always been your prayer life you are weak in prayer that is how can you can pray for long i prayed 17 hours on tuesday was i asking god for something no i was enjoying god so if if prayer is only asking to you how long can you ask him god give me a car what next are you going to add the engine to so when it comes to asking within five ten minutes you are done so the real deal in prayer is it's not just asking so in asking you receive but you can receive from god and not change in god so he says now you must graduate to the next stage of prayer in what 
seek him the bible says he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him so prayer is seeking what are you seeking you are seeking his will to know him so after asking you must graduate your prayer life to a place where you begin to to actually know him to know his will in Colossians 1.9, Paul was praying that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of him. Then he says bearing fruits. Then he says then increasing in the knowledge of God. That means when a man begins to know and understand the will of God for his life, four things happen. Number one, he'll begin to walk worthy of God. Number two, he'll begin to bear fruit. Number three, he will begin to increase in the knowledge of God. And that comes, first of all, by prayer. So now, prayer passes the stage of asking from God to now seeking in God, investigating to have a knowledge of him that you may grow. So the second stage of prayer is actually seeking God that you may know and grow in him. You can't grow spiritually without prayer. Then we have the third stage of prayer. We call it knocking. That is even more. That is even more aggressive, because when you are knocking someone, the person is not opening. It's not funny. You don't knock. Call, call, call. No, you bang. So God is using a door to explain the reality to us that now prayer has passed the level of asking to a level of seeking. Now it's knocking. Doors signifies entry and exit. So guess what? Now in the third reality of prayer, now prayer now becomes a way of exiting people out of hell and entering people into the kingdom of God. How? By traveling. By laboring and through service. Are you following this thing? So prayer first is asking. Prayer is also seeking in knowing and growing God and now prayer now becomes a place of laboring and serving God so the end result of you asking is so that you will seek to know him there are people who keep taking from God yet they don't know the God they are taking from they seek the gift and not the giver of the gift so they have so many material things they can boast of they have so many spiritual gifts they are functioning in yet they are spiritual babes because their relationship with God is only based on asking for things are you following this thing so prayer is not to be regarded merely as getting what we want from god prayer is a method by which we give glory due to his name finally prayer is touching heaven to receive feedback to live for example there was a time I was praying close to five hours and the prayer I was praying was that God we need a new venue because where we were is too small last year we were too crowded it was in prayer five hours I was not asking I was, I was saying God we need a place help us in prayer the Lord says bankers hall so I said ah, bankers hall okay go and do the investigation I called them go and check the investigation we, we, we did everything we, we agreed with him and later on we got to find out that they don't actually allow this place for all night but the person who signed didn't know what he was doing why? because it was gained in prayer so it 
it is what we said it's touching heaven to receive feedback to live also prayer is staying in touch with heaven to receive empowerment refreshment instructions guidance laws commands rebukes and chastisement to live victoriously and function effectively on earth that god may receive all the glory and his will be done on earth i received this definition this definition in prayer so it is getting in touch so much with heaven that you begin to receive instructions so prayer is not just asking and receiving you get to a place where now you are receiving instructions not things you are receiving commands God is telling you move out from this place take your things back move give this money to this man i remember in prayer i was watching one video god said give him your rent uh, the rent was due in three weeks and god said i should sow it into the life of man of god almost two thousand dollars will you do it so now prayer is not just receiving but receiving instructions commands God told me, son, if you want me to use you to a certain dimension, you must start doing all night, every single Thursday. That was a command. So whether I'm tired or not, every Thursday is, a, is an all night for me from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. Whether I like it or not. That's a command. You receive that in the place of prayer. Now God begins to trust you and because he trusts you, he entrusts you. Many of you cannot be trusted. Why? Because you are kiddibos and kiddibabs. You only come to receive. So you come, God says, you want, take, go. There are people who get deeper to stay with him. It's like you don't come for the things. It's beyond things now. Now they come to stay with him. He says, God, I just love you. That's why I'm here. I'm concerned about the world. I want to intercede with you. I know the world is your heartbeat. I want to be part of what you are doing. Hallelujah. There are some elements in prayer you need to understand. That will enrich in your prayer life. Most of you, the only prayer you know is tongues speaking. So you wake up in the morning, there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, you can get to a place where now your tongues becomes religious. So now a time comes, you don't even, you'll be WhatsApping and speaking in tongues. Hello, cut the line, foolish boy. That's what your tongues have become now. Your tongues has become part of your reality in the world. You, you have mingled it. So now tongues is common. So you don't even honor God in tongues speaking again. There are elements. Listen, most of you are only applying one element in prayer. It's only binding demons. Prayer is first of all not about demons. It's first about God. I have a prophet friend. I influenced him so much in prayer. Just by my life alone. He started praying. He had been praying, but he says, man of God, I want to touch something from you. As I started teaching him, he started listening to my teachings, and all of a sudden, the man started praying. All of a sudden, something happened to his church. And the funny thing, this one is just funny. He went for a crusade to go and do the crusade. At dawn, he was praying. Now he prays 12 hours a day. Because of me, he's on full time now. And he's doing well. He was praying at dawn around 2 a.m. Kanata. He, he was not praying about witches and wizards. He was not praying for a breakthrough. He was just praying, God, let there be a move in this crusade. Rakata. All of a sudden, he heard 
bam on the on the uh, ceiling. So his heart beat, and he came outside. When he came, a woman was doing like this. Aji, 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 and he said, "My movie, he said, 'I'm you too. Me do oh oh no, and I'm a tissue. Baby, so me wet tissue. And he fell on the roof holding a broomstick. He he said for the first time in his life he knows witches. He has heard that witches fly with broomstick. For the first time he saw a witch holding a broom. <laughs> he was not praying about witches. Listen, you see. I, <laughs> listen, for the past ten years I don't remember the last time praying about a witch. He was not praying about a witch, oh, but the intensity of the prayer. The witch was passing the angels ahead. Get out! The, 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 the radius of the glory in that prayer. See, there are some things, eh? just keep praying. They will, they will stop falling. They will start falling on themselves. So, he said he, was, he has so much confidence now. He was, Paya! Paya! Hey, you have seen something. You have seen a reality now. Before he came, he entered one woman, one faithful church member's house. No, no, the mother was a witch. He entered there. The woman fell under the power and started confessing. He has not said anything. <laughs> I don't see this thing. So it's like you are staying in God's presence. You see, when you stay in the kitchen and you come out, there is a scent on the food on your body. When you stay in God's presence, you come out. There is a certain glory. You are your, you, had, you just enter your office. Your boss just sees you. He says, how are you? There's something about you. I can't explain. <laughs> it's the glory. It's the glory. <laughs> there is something radiating. Listen. No prayer is wasted. Never. And see, Corona has helped us. We have no smarts. Now we can pray more. You didn't understand this thing. Today I was going to the barbering shop. I just put on a nose mask. Karababa. Nobody see my face. I just see up and down. Karababa sha. Katata. Katata. Karababa shataka. What are you doing with your nose mask? This thing, it is not preventing corona. You know. You know. God gave it to you for shadada. Shadada. <laughs> Tell someone shadada. Praise God. Are you learning something? So, there are some elements in prayer that you need to add to your prayer life to make it rich. I want to share it with you. Are you okay? Listen. You'll be blessed. The first element or ingredient that you add to your prayer life to make it fruitful and beautiful is number one, adoration. You'll be shocked. Many Christians don't know this. Listen to me carefully. It has changed me. I don't just start praying to Kai, Pai. No. You are before a king. Listen carefully. So, what is adoration? Adoration is a demonstration of great love, devotion, and respect. So, this is what actually sets the tone for prayer. I'll tell you why and what adoration can do for you. 
it reminds the one who prays about the person he's addressing praise God see you need to understand this God is not only a father he's God you know sometimes we, we understand this word father so we think we can just enter God's presence and say God what's up Sub here. listen when God became your father he didn't lose his godhood he's still God he's still the creator of the universe so he deserves respect so when you enter his presence you don't adore your father but you adore God as a father because he's God in the new testament Paul calls him the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ so he did not lose his God, godhood so he has to be revered through adoration are you following this thing and how do you adore God it has become a very difficult thing for in fact people don't want to so people by, bypass all this process you know so a lot of orthodox churches call charismatic Christians lazy Christians you know why because he said he doesn't want to pray in English so that he can meditate on some things and say to God in English so they convert everything to tongues So he does not want to bother to use scriptures to adore God in words. So he puts everything into tongues. You, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be limited in the riches of your prayer life. We adore God through his attributes. Write it down. We adore God through his attributes. I'm going to share some few things with you, with you and soon I'm going to be teaching on the attributes of God in our church. So you can visit us when we start teaching it. So now, listen carefully. I'm going to help you so that you can be able to adore God well. The attributes of God can be divided into three groups. The first group is called the attribute of ability. This will change you. Listen carefully. Number two, the second division is called the attribute of integrity. And the third attribute is called the attribute of relationship. So now let me explain them. What is the first division? The attribute of what? Ability. It speaks of God's power. So in the attributes of ability, there are about five of them. Number one is omnipotent. That means God is all-powerful. Number two, he is omnipresent. That means God is everywhere. I'm teaching you how to adore him. Number three, God is omniscient because he knows everything number four he is omni wise because he is all wise and finally under that he is sovereign that means he can do what he pleases that is called the attributes of God's word ability so how does these attributes relate to me listen carefully God is all powerful therefore his power works for me how? In giving me salvation, in giving me healing and protection. So how do you adore him? Lord, you are all powerful and your power got me saved. I adore you. Your power heals me. I adore you. Your power delivers and protects me. I adore you. Now you are using his attributes of omnipotency to adore him. Are you following this thing? The attribute of um, omnipresence, that means he's always with me. He's everywhere, but he's with me. Number three, the attributes of omniscience. He knows everything. That means he knows everything about the man who is praying. So you adore him for that. You may be thinking this is nothing. 
actually it is something to God God knows who he is but he wants to be told he wants to be told he is omni wise that means what he's the only wise God you tell him Lord you are the only wise God that's how you are beginning your prayer then he is sovereign that means he directs my life are you following this thing then we come to the attributes of integrity I'll give you a few in his attributes of integrity he's number one holy he's a holy God you have to tell him Lord you are holy that's why you are doing him you are holy and listen carefully what you have written down when you are praying start looking into it prayer requires intelligence in as much as anybody can pray God wants prayer to be intelligent he wants us to grow and graduate so before you are now start because you are now starting how to adore him he knows you don't have the vocabs yet so now what you are learning now look into it and read it God understands so he says Lord you are omnipotent you are all powerful tell him you are all powerful you are all knowing and you know me you are omniscient oh Lord I adore you I adore you you are suffering and you direct my life I adore you so look into it and say it until now you can say without looking into it am I helping you there are times when I'm reading the adoration of God I have to open the Bible and read it where is the lamb that was slain to receive power riches what honor blessing and what and strength I, I read it to him where is the lamb I read it where is the lamb when I get it I close it and go where is the lamb it is part of my adoration are you following this thing so number one he is holy number two he is truth number three he is righteous four he is just so that's the attributes of integrity you have to tell him lord you are what you are holy lord you are just are you following this thing third division the attributes of relationship he is love two he is merciful wonderful merciful savior keep saying who would ever tore that lamb rescue the souls of men come on sing it Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Sing it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Keep meditating. Merciful. Merciful. Merciful Savior. Precious. Come on, sing it. Precious. Sweet Redeemer and Friend. You are still adoring Him. You are still adoring Him. You are adoring Him. You must be deliberate about it.
attribute. We can't deny that. A lot of times in the name of grace people say, oh, God, he's not, he doesn't have anything like... No. We have to teach a balanced gospel. 
God is wrathful and his wrath is righteous it is revealed towards unrighteousness but the good news is that anyone that believes Jesus has escaped the wrath of God and you use that to praise him thank him you have to adore him for his wrath praise God so you see in this place of adoration now look at what you are saying to him many of you I can bet you have never done this in your life before to say God adore you then you start listing the things I have given you more than 15 things you can say to him as attributes of adoration to him you must say it consistently every single time before you realize if you can't pray for one hour just by doing this 15 minutes is already gone you'll be shocked I'm teaching you how to enrich the elements of prayer these are what enriches your prayer life God wants it and guess what one good news about adoring God is that by the time you are saying he is faithful he is just he is holy you yourself will start looking at yourself in him because if he's faithful and he promised something and you are getting disappointed by the time you are saying he's faithful you are okay are you seeing that by the time you're saying he's merciful you are fine by the time you're saying he's unchangeable that means his promises cannot change so it at the end of the day it ministers to you this evening before i was i, I was praying I, I started doing that i did that for close to one hour and it was ministering to me at the same time and i was struck with awe and wonder before him this was sets the tone for prayer because now you are giving reverence to the one you are before this is how you gain power in the place of the spirit because it's like god he is blessed by you next oh my goodness oh i love his presence i wish you were in me to to know how i feel it's heavy it's heavy on me But two, second element of prayer is communion. That's an intimate friendship, an intimate relationship, intimate fellowship. It's like a union, a spiritual bonding. Close friendship is a merging of spirit into the blessed oneness of God. It's an intertwining of courts into a single rope. That's how it means. It's like you join with God. It's an uncommon intimacy. Abraham became so intimate with God so much so that God told him that how can I hide anything seeing that this guy is my friend. It's a second element. When you commune with God, you talk to him about everything. It's like you're a friend. Listen, God, God accepts casual conversations with him. A.W. Tozer was so close to God that even when he was going to buy a light bulb for his church, he spoke to God and talked to him about it. Can you imagine? Is it necessary? But that's what he did it's a communion number, number three next one is confession confession now that word confession means two things number one it means the open acknowledgement of our faults you know many christians are so fake i'm telling you you know what you did was not right but you go to prayer speaking in tongues like you don't know what happened that's why you are not receiving results in prayer people are praying but there's no results you know why because they have become so proud because in the name of tongues so it's an open acknowledgement of our faults we accept it i, I was wrong I, I shouldn't have spoken to my wife that way so before you pray you set the tone right you acknowledge it don't pretend 
so that's the first level of acknowledgement we call that confession then you apologize to the holy spirit don't get past it there are many fake christians out there they are not sincere and i'm telling you your prayer life without sincerity will be fake the second aspect of confession is you know the word confession means homologio homologio is from two greek words homo and logos homo means same logos means word so homologio means saying the same thing to god in other words whatever christ has done you must say the same thing to him that's confession so it's a confession of christ christ you shed your blood for my sins you say to him i'm justified in christ it's also a kind of it's an aspect of prayer it enriches your prayer life you have not even started intercession you have not started praying for for your needs no, no you are just confessing you are saying the same thing as that you know when a, a, a child begins to talk his father's language his father gets excited the first time my son was saying something i said i was shocked i was like say it again say it again he, he replied I said, ah, say it again I, I just loved it he's saying my language when we say the same thing god has said it's called confession god is pleased For he has said so that we boldly say. Are you following? Number next, quickly, we call it contrition. Contrition, another word for it to make it easy for you is brokenness or godly sorrow. It's an aspect of prayer. Please, please, you need to get this thing right. Contrition or brokenness is an act of grieving and being truly sorry for one's shortcoming. And weakness it is an aspect of prayer you must never deny if you want to enrich your prayer life you are broken before god you grieve sin because it grieves god we have people pastors who sleep with their church members and still come and hold a microphone on they'll come and hold a microphone on this pulpit and they are preaching as if nothing happened People mess up just like that and they speak in tongues to the same God as if everything is fine. You are not broken about what you did. I am telling you, your prayer is useless. We must, we see, anytime you do something, the Holy Spirit convicts you. You must be broken before Him. That's how you express humility. Humility is not putting your hands on your back because worldly people do it. It's an open brokenness. The Old Testament calls it brokenness, New Testament calls it godly sorrow godly sorrow you are sorrowful by what you did praise god next is what we call intercession i'm going to treat that as a subject itself under prayer in one of the four glory nights you you'll be shocked you you you'll grieve after hearing that teaching so intercession is standing in the gap for others and i'll shock you you know today before I mean, most of you that came and you were praying you've not been to all nights like this before you know why because most of the prayer topics are unique all the prayers you were praying were intercessory prayers i told them all the prayer we need to pray lord show your glory lord let something appear we prayed it we have been praying it one month ago we can't pray the same thing here so what we are praying is intercession prayers how many how many pray intercessory prayers they don't know the power of intercession what it means to pray for another person in fact long prayer is founded in intercession if you want to pray long pray for people it is an aspect of prayer many people have not realized 
And I'll tell you why we will pray intercessory prayers more than any other kind of prayer. Because in Job chapter 42, the verse 10, do you know Job was complaining, asking God, saying so many things to God. In Job 42, 10, the Bible says, when Job prayed for his friends, look, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. If in this all night, all the times are used for intercession and little time is used for ourselves, by the time we go, we are seeing results. I'm telling you, I taught a pastor friend this. My pastor friend, go, he, he taught the same thing in his church. A member did the same thing, prayed for people the whole day. Someone just sent the person money when he has not asked anybody for money. I said, wow, that's powerful. I told you one time, I was a little broke and I was just praying. I prayed over seven hours. I didn't ask God for anything. I was just praying for people. By the time I was done, someone mistakenly sent me 68 ganasi. The person respects me so highly. So I don't deserve that money. So he sent me 68 Ghana CDs and I sent a text. I received 68 Ghana. That person can't send me that money. So I said, I received 68 Ghana CDs from you. I'm sure it's a mistake. I just wanted you to know. Then he said, Oh man, oh God, please, sorry, it's a mistake. In two minutes' time, he sent 500 Ghana CDs just to pacify me for disgracing me with 68 Ghana. Now, now, I can tell you for a fact that it was not a mistake because how do you dial someone's number you are sending money to without knowing the number you are dialing in this tough world so in intercession God wanted to bless me and he made someone make a mistake may people make such mistakes in your life hallelujah so listen intercession is key if you are a believer, you don't pray for people, you are in trouble. Your prayer life is weak. You have to pray for your family members. You have to play, pray for your friends. You have to pray for the nation. You have to pray for the president. You know, I saw someone post a funny clip of the, uh, of the president of Ghana when he was dozing off and sleeping. And I'm sure that's a Christian. If you pray for the president, you don't do that. See, because of the way I pray for the president and the vice, I can never make fun of him. I can't. See, prayer makes you disciplined. You don't fool around. I'm telling you. Intercession. My goodness. I can pray for people. I have a list of every church member in a church. I pray for them by name. Every single week. Except your name is not inside. I have become so aware of it. I learned it from one book called Prayer by O.A. Halesby. He said, pray for any human being you see in town. That's what changed me. I went to the bank last week to go and do some transaction. When I went there, I was now investigating and checking the names. The teller, I checked the name. Auntie Fia, I said, Father, bless Auntie Fia. Let her know you. I'm serious. I checked the branch manager. His name was Bodhi. I started praying for the branch manager. The woman who was helping me, I checked her name. Her name was this. I started praying for her. I prayed for her and I said, God, anybody that enters this building, let them know you. Look, look at what I was doing. Today I went to the barbering shop. Whilst the barber was barbering my hair, I was praying for him. And I said, Lord, anybody that enters this shop, let him know you. I've sold my car to see, so now I don't drive. So, when I bought it, I went for a, a retreat from Monday. I came today. When I was going, the Uber driver that bothered me. I checked his name on the Uber. You check people's name to just make fun of them. I checked his name to pray for him. His name was called Ajimambedu. And I said, Lord, 
let Ajiman Bedu know you. From the time I left Medina to the house, it was Ajiman Bedu I was praying for. I said, Lord, open his heart for the gospel. Open his heart for the gospel. When we are about to land, God says, preach there. Preach to him because his heart is ripe. When we landed, I overpaid him to get his attention. When I overpaid him, I said, I want to speak to you about Christ. He said, uh-huh. He, he took his time. I preached the gospel. The guy got born again in the car. I took his number. He's coming to church on Sunday. You see the, you see, I'm using intercession. Look, you can use intercession to gain anybody's heart. I am telling you. You pray for everybody you see. Now, anybody I see, by the time I come, I start remembering them. Whilst I was returning, I was walking from the barbering shop to the house. Any car that passed, I watch his face like this. Lord, touch him. <laughs> so no one escapes nobody escapes under my prayer one time I woke up I was going for a prayer walk I get to a place I stand in the house because I read the book he said there was a man of God who was praying people's house he would come and stand at the gate he said God may they know you may they never escape baptize them in the name of Jesus Rakatak. the man of God would do that everybody in the area got born again so me too, when I'm going, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, make them born again, Lord. Anybody that does not know you here, Lord, save them. I pray, if anybody is supposed to die this week in this house, Lord, as I stand as your priest, I turn it upside down. In the name of Jesus. That's what I was doing. Look, now you forget about time. We don't look at time again. Our body gives us time. Because we feel tired. That's how we watch time. Tuesday, I prayed 17. I wanted to do uh, 24 hours. But after 17 hours, the body was telling me, say, hey, I can't kill myself. <laughs> and I just left myself like that. I slept. I said, why? Christ, did I kill you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I wanted to repeat because last year I prayed for 24 hours. I wanted to repeat it again. Then I realized that it's not by might. It's by the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, by these teachings, these teachings we are giving to his powerful. One of our members prayed 28 hours. Last two weeks he came to me in the office. He said he prayed 30 hours. Are you okay? Are you fine? Are you feeling fine? Now people are just praying. Because they have understood it. And all his prayer is intercession. He said he has a list of all his family members. Because his family is struggling. They are all broke. He's praying for them. Praying for every church member. Praying. He's now, he has condemned himself to prayer. Do you know what you can do in intercession? It is an aspect of prayer. In fact, it is one. That intercession is where the power is. If you want to gain power in God, pray for people. That's the next aspect of prayer. Are you following this thing? The next aspect of prayer is meditation. Many don't understand this reality of meditation. Meditation is simply focusing one's thoughts on God. It's like a lover. When I fell in love with my wife, I was thinking about her almost every time. Thank you for that tongues. And this is a marriage, marital tongues. It's not, it doesn't save souls. You ponder over God. Look, look, you can get to a place where your prayer becomes meditation. I'm not saying because of that, just go and sit down. That's not what I'm talking about. Let your prayer lead you into that point. Where your prayer becomes a meditative prayer. You're just thinking of God's love. 
some of you before you realize it's 5 a.m you were thinking of his love you woke up out of his love you will sleep in his love so let me not talk much about it if not people will focus on that one more number 10 praying in the spirit it's an aspect of prayer we call it speaking in tongues i don't have too much time let me do this in 15 minutes then we we pray and get out of here number 11 is submission it's also an aspect of prayer submission it is actually surrender or yieldedness of heart and mind to god's will it is the humble giving away of ourselves to god for him to have his way in our life it's an aspect of prayer so rich it's rich lord i surrender myself jesus did that he says not my will nevertheless but your will it's a surrender it's a consecration you are surrendering yourself to god maybe god has given you an assignment you can't do it tell him lord i surrender myself to you not my will but your will lord have your way in my life it's a kind of prayer it's an element of prayer that enriches now there are kinds of prayer i'll be explaining that but these are elements in prayer to make your prayer rich number 12 is supplication or petition this is where you start asking god supplication means the act of making humble and earnest entreaty for a favor or strong request from god number 13 or or is it 12 or 13 any of them thanksgiving and blessing this is a rich ingredient in prayer many believers have failed to give thanks they don't give thanks again i'm telling you giving thanks is a powerful ingredient in prayer giving of thanks is a celebration of divine goodness and expression of gratitude praise god it must never lack in a believer's life in fact thanksgiving prayer is mentioned more than any aspect of prayer in the new testament there are five things to thank god for every time in your prayer life you're going to see that in psalm 103 the verse 1 to 5 please start practicing this thanksgiving is an aspect of prayer so you see that just in one hour prayer look at all these ingredients you have put in your prayer by the time you come out you you are perfumed with god's glory five areas to thank god in you're going to see that in psalm 103 the verse 1 he said bless the lord of my soul and forget not what his benefits then he starts stating them number one is forgiveness you have to thank him and bless him for his forgiveness it must be part of your prayer father i thank you you must be deliberate i thank you for for your for your forgiveness over my life that's number one number two let's do it quickly health who heals who heals my diseases so you thank him for your health number three you thank him for deliverance number four you thank him for his loving kindness number five you thank him for provision please when you are starting this it will be difficult look into the book and pray so you thank him father i thank you for my health thank you for forgiving me in christ jesus thank you for delivering me thank you for all the provisions then you start mentioning each provision one by one you bless god for the television you open your fridge you bless him for the milk you bless him for the sugar you don't know huh be deliberate 
you thank him for everything. By the time you realize, you realize that all your problems are over. Praise God. So, thanksgiving. Next, travail in prayer. Travail. People think prayer is always gentle. Lord God Almighty, we, we want to bless your name, Father, because you're such a good God, and we praise your name, Most High God. Continue. A demon will slap you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Lord God. Lord God. <laughs> you, you don't know when a time may have made their mind to come and disturb you in the house. Praise God. Travel is painful, laborious work. It's a mental and physical toil in the place of laboring in prayer. Many don't know this, especially those who you know, people in the grace circle, they're like prayer is just giving thanks to God for his finished work in Christ and you know you don't know this thing you have to travel for church growth we traveled all night before we started seeing increase in church before we started running two services traveling, Lord, expand Lord, grow the church that one is not like God is kappa kappa praise God they are stubborn members in church it's not like God people fighting in church it's not like God people not giving in church they buy pizza and buy for their friends and their friends friends and tell their waiter to keep the change and give us two cities you think it's normal it's demonic so that one is not like god it's the church cannot do much when there is no tight when there is no money it's not like god it's that one is traveling there is a bad news in the family your father has been taken to emergency like god you don't know. Look, see, <coughs> you don't know. The Bible tells us Jesus traveled in prayer until his sweat became blood. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 5, the verse 7, the Bible says that he, he prayed with strong cries and tears. So people mock, so you know, people mock. He says, What are you doing? A thing, a thing, He said, They don't know what they want. Hey, me, I don't know what I want. Don't mind them all. It's called travel. It's not mind the Christian faith. It's normal. Then we add bits to it so that we can move the body. It's travel. Colossians 4 12 speaks of Epaphras. It says, laboring fervently. Listen, there's a kind of prayer. If you don't pray, your mind will not be there. Haven't you, haven't you prayed and thinking of beans? You'll be praying and before you realize your mind is on the rice cooker that is on warm. So you must position yourself in a certain place where you can be able to travel. That one is a by the time you finish traveling, pray your body is aching you. 
I'll speak to you about generals next week. Generals of prayer. <laughs> Today I'm laying foundation. That's why I'm cool. Let me just give you a teaser. Apostle Joseph Baba Lola. The, the man, the man prayed to the standard. One time the family were about to eat, and they said we should come and pray over the food. Beloved, pray and let's eat. Oh, that's what we called you. He he knelt down, stretched his hands. He prayed one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, twenty hours, twenty-five hours, thirty hours, thirty-two hours. When he opened his eyes and he, he, he checked, it was morning, and people were going to work and they have changed their clothes. He said, Hey. Then he also rose up and went. When I heard it, I said, 32 hours praying over food. See, generals have passed though. Generals have passed. Abel Clary, one great powerful intercessor. He was about to eat in the evening after he has prayed, so prayer is worrying him. In Bible he was about to eat and then he looked at the food he started weeping he said i'm not supposed to be here i'm not supposed to be here you <laughs> you in front of fried rice you are the center of the will of god and he rose up from the chair and he entered the bedroom and he was crying lord souls 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 Ooh. Souls, Lord, save them, save them, save them. One one general called John Welch. The man prayed until he started lying on the ground and praying. And the wife was worried. He says, he says, he says, Welch, get up from the floor. He said, Woman, I have three thousand souls to give an account of, and I do not know what their life ends. Allow me. He went back on the floor and was praying. And you are going to meet all these generals in heaven with your Banco Christianity. <laughs> when I look at these generals, I feel unworthy. And you must start feeling unworthy now because you see, let me just help you. You don't have to go to heaven and know your rewards. at your current life and award yourself <laughs> i'm serious some of you plastic cap crown yebi who plastic cap a check crown yebi summer hat unyebi people have traveled for the salvation of souls listen some of us the revival you are receiving people prayed it hundred years ago i'll tell you about Moravian brothers who sold themselves into caves and they were praying 24 hours every day seven days a week for 100 years and over they stopped working gave themselves to prayer i'll speak to you next week about a man called zacharias tani Fomum. i read his book about leader and his god i i closed i said god i i, I don't want to see this book again the criteria for being a full-time minister is eight hours with god eight hours for god and eight hours for yourself the man said 
one hour prayer in the life of a minister is for his personal survival your ministry has income if you have a wife it is one and a half one and a half hours if you have children it is two hours if you want to make impact in ministry it starts from three hours every day he said if you are not doing this you are not a full-time minister you are a full-time minister I said, Lord, you know, you watch these people and you say it's a joke. How can? Well, most of the time, my lowest prayer for the day is five hours. That is if I don't want to pray or I'm going out. I'm serious. I'm saying that to encourage you because I was moved by people. I was moved. I, I will stay, phone off, pind, a car, a tear, praying for people, interceding, praying, God, make us usable. Because this generation, this generation loves food. This generation doesn't love God. This generation has forgotten about God. This generation is relaxed. When our fathers were your age, they were not eating. And you are there. Christ has paid the price. Christ, continue. We don't understand this thing. The apostle who taught that grace, he says in fasting, often. He was the one that said pray without ceasing. He tells the, uh, uh, Timothy, he says, day and night, I, I do not cease to pray for you. So Apostle Paul was a laborious man in the place of prayer. You know why? You can never bet anything meaningful in life and ministry without prayer. I am telling you, on top of your list, the number one is not your husband. Your list of problems, on top, it is not financial problem. It is not relationship problem. I'm telling you, on top of the list of your problems, the first is prayerlessness that is the first thing you must solve if you solve prayerlessness on the list the rest of the problems will start counseling out themselves one after the other solve it resolve yourself to pray give yourself to prayer someone says i am busy at work listen the minimum time jesus gave us for prayer is one hour if you cannot come to a place where you pray for one hour i'm telling you you cannot be a faithful christian Jesus told us, pray lest you enter into temptation. That tells us the antidote against temptation is prayer. The reason why we have many Christians who are falling into sin and today they can't come out is simply because they failed in the place of prayer. I am telling you, if you don't pray, temptation becomes easy to fall into. After Jesus said, watch and pray, then he said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. In other words, when you pray, you, the willingness of your spirit oversees the weakness of your flesh so one of the things that deals with the flesh is staying in prayer if you want to check how strong you are check it in prayer that's why when you, start, you pray you pray 10 minutes they are checking your phone checking the time oh it is telling you how weak you are if you don't solve that problem i can tell you it will crash everything about your life you'll be confused you'll be depressed have you ever seen a man of prayer who is depressed his maximum number of minutes for depression is three minutes. I'm telling you. See, prayer is a world. Prayer is a market. We do business there. When you go there, you must come with something. I speak in tongues in the Holy Ghost. I received it in a seven-hour prayer. You must pray until something changes about your life. You must stay there consistently. Not you pray today, one week, then you come and pray again. No, that way you can't gain anything. It must be consistent. So first, prayer must begin as a discipline before it becomes a life. 
and listen to me if you want the holy spirit to help you in prayer you must first discipline yourself in prayer he will help the man who are disciplined when he sees your effort in making it a prayer then he comes to help you that's why he's a helper he does not do it for you he helps you to do it so you must discipline yourself i will pray i will pray then you start praying because see it's no joke we are in a warfare you see the bible was not written in chapters and verses if you are reading the bible especially the new testament if you want proper understanding read it and let it flow in ephesians 6 which speaks of spiritual warfare when he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principality before he started he started from ephesians chapter 5 and he started speaking about husbands submit to uh, love your wives and wives submit to your husband so he spoke about husband he spoke about wife in ephesians 6 1 he spoke about fathers then he spoke about mothers then he spoke about children obey your parents in the lord so he was speaking about family and he came to spiritual warfare so he's saying that any change of behavior in any family member and friend it is a, actually a spiritual warfare a demon is causing it so you must not look at the flesh and blood and fight it physically you must fight it on your knees so the spiritual warfare is actually a warfare against relationships are you following this thing that's what satan wants to do that's why he has destroyed your relationship between your boss between your co-workers between your husband between husband and wife that's why you have not spoken to your husband for the past five days it's a warfare it's the devil one man fought with the wife and they didn't speak for one week in fact one month and he rose up one night when he rose up he saw a very thick tall demon standing there he says what is this and the holy ghost said you see what you have brought to your house many don't know this listen every offense is the flesh realm anytime the believer is in the flesh he exposes himself to the devil listen carefully when you give yourself to uncontrolled anger bitterness hatred you are opening a door and you are giving the devil an advantage so he's saying don't see people by what they do see spirits wickedness spiritual wickedness principalities working through these people to relate to you so when a man insults you when he treats you anyhow go to prayer first before you answer because prayer puts your mind in a state of balance i'm sure that sometimes you want to take a very harsh decision when you're praying the holy ghost softens your heart in fact in that place of prayer that is the actual result or reply you're supposed to give to the person you can't get her except you pray the devil knows what believers can gain in prayer that is why the greatest activity of the devil is to first stop believers from praying if the devil stops you from praying do you know what he has done he has disconnected you in the armor of god he's speaking of spiritual warfare meaning the believer is a soldier a soldier can never function effectively or have victory until he's in constant communication with his boss that's why they have telephones don't throw this missile throw this move this way take this stand use the east wing it is instructions they function with when a soldier loses connection with headquarters he's in trouble so the bible is telling us in this warfare it is in communication with god that we win if you read about spiritual warfare the bible didn't tell us to fight he says stand so we wear the armor to stand so the the physical soldier dresses to fight eh? 
the spiritual soldier, after mentioning the whole armor of God, then he says, praying. So after the believer is dressed, he now kneels and prays. That's the word. So the whole armor of God is not to make you look like Iron Man. The armor of God is to make you a praying man. So the whole armor without prayer is a waste. That's why the finished work of Christ is a tool for service, not a toy for playing. There are people who shout, I'm righteous in Christ. Christ has forgiven me past, present, future. And they are fully, they don't understand. The Bible says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Christ is your righteousness. As you are serving God, the devil will hit your heart and tell you the sin you committed yesterday. God has not forgiven you. When you put on that breastplate, you remind the devil that I am righteous, not by my works, but by faith in Christ. That's how you put on the armor. And you continue fighting. The helmet of salvation, the devil will bring condemnation to your mind telling you you are not saved. You, when you put on that helmet, you give assurance to your salvation that I can never lose it because of my faith in Christ Jesus. You put on that armor. When he throws that armor against your mind, he doesn't get you. That's how we wear it. The shield of faith, the word of God, is a shield. The devil will bombard your mind with thoughts, lustful thoughts, Facebook, bad videos that will corrupt your heart. You must block them with the shield of faith. Your faith must constantly be strong. And you grow your faith by the word of God. Prayer is the most important work of the Christian life. If you don't pray, you are exposed. If you don't pray, the devil mocks you. In fact, prayerless Christians and prayerless churches are the devil's workshop. If you are a believer and you don't pray, the devil can use you easily. Check those who destroy churches. First of all, they don't pray. Because if you pray, God will open your eyes. All the problems going on in the family, you don't pray. Because you think prayer is an option. When you are less busy, you do it. You don't get it. Listen carefully. Let me stay with the notes. After 10 minutes, remind me, then we pray and close. Prayer is so much important to God. So much so that God, the Godhead itself has committed to it. Listen carefully. Prayer is so important to God, so much so that the Godhead has committed to it. How? You see, in the Godhead, there's what we call division of labor. They work together. In salvation, they even work together. How much more prayer? So in salvation, the Father is the source. The Son is the cause. The Holy Ghost is the effect. The Father is the inception. The Son is the execution. The Holy Spirit is the transmission. So they work hand in hand. In prayer also, the Godhead commits to it to make the believer pray. How? The Father, first of all, commits to prayer by hearing and answering your prayer. Very important. That's how the Father commits to your prayer. He commits by what? Hearing and answering your prayer. How do I know that? You can see that in Psalm 65, the verse 2. He says, Thou that heareth prayer, unto you shall all flesh come. 
So anytime you are praying, you must know that God hears you. His ears are attentive to the righteous. That's how God commits to prayer. Every prayer by a righteous man, God hears it. Never go to God in prayer thinking that God is not hearing. He hears every prayer. So never be discouraged. Number two, how does the son commit to prayer? He commits to prayer by giving you access through his blood. In Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 18, the Bible says, For through him, for through him, we have access to the Father by the Spirit. It is through Jesus Christ we can come to God in prayer. Never ever think that you are in prayer because you live the holy life in the course of the week. No. It is Jesus who committed to prayer by shedding his blood to give you access. In Hebrews chapter um, 10, you can come there. Hebrews chapter 10, from the verse 19 to 22. Now watch that for yourself so that you can understand how the Godhead commits to prayer. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. He says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? By what? The blood of Jesus. So, Jesus commits to your prayer by giving you access through his blood. It is through his blood that you access God in prayer. So, we come in his name. Please hear it. We come in his name. To pray in the name of Jesus means you are praying in the stead of Jesus. It is as though Jesus himself is the one praying. You come to Jesus, you come to God today in the authority of the finished work of Christ. So that is how come you must be more humble when you go to God in prayer. Because you, you are not there on your own grounds. You are there on his blood. Through his blood and by his blood. So today in the New Testament, no, you see, we don't pray larger prayers. Because Elijah never prayed in the name of Jesus. Abraham never prayed in the name of Jesus. We now have a new and living way. We pray in his name. In the authority. In the, in the power of atoning. In the stead of Jesus. So if I am praying, it's as though Jesus is the one asking. And if Jesus is asking, God answers. Are you following this thing? Number three, the Godhead, in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit also commits to prayer. So, how does the Father commit to prayer? By hearing and answering. How does the Son commit to prayer? Giving us access through His blood. Now, the Holy Spirit commits to prayer by helping us to pray. So, the Holy Spirit is our quickener and our inspirer in prayer. Listen. You cannot pray effectively without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, your prayer will be dead and ineffective. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, you are on your own. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the verse 26. He says, likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmity. For we do not know what to pray for us we ought to. He didn't say we do not know how to pray. You can check that. He says, what to pray? Because we all know how to pray. How do we pray? We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But sometimes what to pray becomes a problem. You know you have to pray for your mother. But what topic? So sometimes you are limited in the place of prayer. You don't know how to go about it. So that's the weakness. So he says the Spirit helped our infirmity. That, that word infirmity is weakness. Our inability to produce results. That's the word weakness. 
So what's that inability? It, it is we not knowing what to pray for as we ought to. So it says the spirit helpeth our infirmity. The word helpeth is from the Greek word sunantilambanomai. Now the word sunantilambanomai is from three Greek words. The first one is soon. Soon means together. Next is anti. Anti means against. Next is lambano. Lambano means to lay hold. So the word sunantilambanomai means to hold with for against your infirmity so the holy ghost helps us by holding with us for us against our weakness so he helps us he's the one who holds us in that weakness so that we can be effective how the bible says that the spirit itself that's what he maketh what intercession for us with what groanings which cannot be uttered so anytime we pray what is happening is that the spirit is actually praying for us the word intercession is a very strange greek word the, the greek word is oh, let me see if i got it right the greek word there is now that word is actually a rescue operation that, so the intercession there is actually a rescue operation. It's like it connotes the idea of someone who is in a serious situation and cannot help himself. And all of a sudden someone comes to snatch him and help him. In that weakness, the Holy Ghost comes as a rescue mission. And he comes to rescue us by helping us. How? With groanings which cannot be uttered. The word cannot be uttered in the classical Greek it actually means a love secret or a love language you know lovers have a language that if you are around them you can't understand they have a way they communicate you you must be a, you must love that person to understand that language are you following for example today i'm going to expose one secret to you but after that we'll say it again when my wife and i are talking about something that has got to do with sex if somebody is around we don't use the word penis we use pen drive so we'll be talking about pen drive and you will think of a machine because it is our secret code in love it's our language you can't understand the bible is saying that the spirit maketh intercession for us through groanings which cannot be uttered in other words speaking in tongues is our love secret that's when you speak in tongues the devil can't understand it's a code between you and the holy ghost You must keep speaking in the Holy Ghost because when you pray in the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost is praying for you, praying with you, praying through you, and praying for you. That's what happens at the same time when you are praying in tongues. So the Holy Ghost is the inspirer and the quickener in prayer. There are days you should be praying about something. All of a sudden, you have another burden to pray for something else. That's how the Holy Spirit helps us. Am I helping somebody? So even the whole Godhead commits to prayer. You must pray. Finally, to end my foundation, what are the motivations in prayer? The things that must begin to motivate you to pray. Anytime you see, go and print it and put it in your bedroom. Anytime you remember this, hey, I must pray. It's going to guide you. Number one, 
prayer must be treated as breath. First Thessalonians 5.17 He says pray without ceasing. We do not cease to breathe. So the Bible says pray without ceasing. He's telling us prayer is the breath of the soul. So anytime you have not prayed for two days, what does it mean? You have not breathed for two days. That should alarm you. When a man does not breathe, three things happen to him. Number one is inactivity. Number two is death. Number three is decay. When you don't pray, what is going to happen to you is that you are going to be inactive in the spirit. You are going to kill your spiritual life and you decay. So anytime you remember you have not prayed, what, what has happened to you? You are not breathing. You, you are in spiritual coma. Please, are you following this thing? Quickly, let's do the second one. Number two, treat prayer as incense. In Revelation chapter 8, from the verse 3 to 5, the Bible tells us the angels took senses and they mixed it with incense. That is the prayer of the saints. And the smoke which came up that was offered, they mixed it and it came down as, as voices, as thunder, as lightning, and as earthquake. Anytime you pray, you must remember that you are burning incense. It was part of the duties of a priest. You are supposed to burn incense. If you have not prayed, you must remember that what you have not burnt incense. So there is no order in heaven. And remember, before that earthquake and voice and thunderings came down, what came up? What came up? What came up? Incense, which is what? Prayer. Look, look whatever goes up must come there is the law of gravity in prayer if you have not offered anything up don't expect anything down it's a spiritual law of gravity in the spirit concerning prayer there are many of you who have not offered any single thing but you are expecting things to come down quickly number three treat prayer as an altar that must ever be burning in Leviticus chapter 6 from the verse 8 to 13 the Bible tells us that fire must never go out so treat prayer as fire in your life when you stop praying, your fire has come down. Any day you don't pray, your fire, the fire on your altar has come down. It's soon going to become ashes. There are many of you, you want a very powerful prayer life. Now your prayer life has become an altar full of ashes. It comes back again. Number four, treat prayer as friendship with God. It's a love affair that must be nurtured and maintained. So prayer is friendship. Prayer is a walk with God. So anytime you have not prayed, remember you have not communicated with your lover, with your friend. When you fall in love with somebody, you are always communicating. So to not pray means you are not in love with God. Simple. Number five, treat prayer as a powerhouse or as a fuel station. Isaiah 40 31 it says they that wait on the Lord shall what renew their strength prayer is the place of renewal they shall mount up with wings as an eagle if you want to fly wait they shall walk and not be weary you are weary because you don't pray you are burning fuel yet you are not feeling fuel feeling fuel must be constant when we pray we come to the fuel station of heaven to be refueled because the Christian life is lived by energy and fuel. So prayer is a powerhouse. We go there to get energy. To generate 
a pure Christian life. Number six, treat prayer as a home of rest and refreshment. If you have not prayed, you have not gone home. Some of you are spiritual truants, spiritual cobolos. You have gone out, you have never come back. So if you have not prayed, you are not home. These things should motivate you to pray. Number seven, treat prayer as a spiritual gym. Jude 20, the Bible says, but you beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So prayer is spiritual gyming. When you gym, you burn calories. It is not easy to start a gym. The first two days, you feel pain in your body. That's the discipline of prayer. Telling us prayer is a discipline, so you feel pain. But it's a gym, so you got to keep doing it before you experience or realize the strength. The strength you have is not in your size, it's in your, it's in your capacity in the spirit. And when you pray, you build that capacity. It's your spiritual gym. Listen, anybody who gyms who has body has appetite for food. The reason why you don't have appetite for the word of God is because you don't pray. The word of God will never edify a prayerless heart. You will have more love to read your Bible when you spend more time in prayer. So treat it as a gym where you go and strengthen yourself and burn spiritual calories. Number nine, quickly. Number eight, treat prayer as a ministry. As work and service, as work, as ministry, it's your ministry. Monday mornings, nobody wants to go to work, but you go. So, irrespective of how you feel, you still go to work. Why? Because your salary for survival, for taking care of your family, is on it. If you want to eat, you go. If you want your family to survive, you go. So, if you know prayer is a ministry and a work, you know your whole family and you yourself depend on it. You depend on prayer to keep your family moving. To keep your life moving. So it's a ministry and a work. So whether you feel like it or not, prayer is duty. Am I helping you? See, these are things that change me. Number nine, treat prayer as a supply of the spirit. In Ephesians, in Philippians 1.19, the Bible tells us, supplying the spirit. That this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Anytime you pray, you are supplying something. When you pray for someone, you are supplying the Spirit to the person. So, every believer must treat prayer as a spiritual distributor. You are a spiritual distributor. The day you don't pray, you did not distribute. You are a wholesale distributor. Number two, number 11, or number 10, Treat prayer as a shelter and a tower of refuge. That's where we hide under God's protection. A believer who prays is under heavenly security. You don't die like that. A believer who does not pray is exposed. Quickly, number 11, treat prayer as a bank. What do you do in a bank? You deposit. You save. You withdraw. And you do inquiries in a bank. That means prayer is a spiritual transaction. That is why we do business with God. When you are praying, you are depositing. You are redrawing. When you are praying, you are investing. So it's a spiritual transaction you are doing. So all our riches and our resources are founded in prayer. Number 12, treat prayer as a thermostat and a thermometer. They are not the same. Yet they represent prayer. A thermometer measures the temperature of a room. 
So your prayer life measures your spiritual temperature. If I want to know how healthy you are, I check it by your prayer life. If you don't pray, you are sick. You are healthy if your prayer life is vibrant. So a thermometer measures temperature. A thermostat regulates temperature. Prayer is how you regulate your spiritual life. In other words, if your spiritual life is low, there's a solution. Turn it on. Increase it. So, your prayer life must be treated as a thermostat. You can regulate your spiritual life. The more you pray, the more you increase. The more you don't pray, the more you decrease. So, little prayer, little power. More prayer, more power. It's a, it's a thermostat. Number 13, treat prayer as a battle engagement. You are powerless in standing before the devil without prayer. The devil fears men of prayer, not men of preaching. You can learn to preach on Google. You cannot pray Google. If you want to be a man of power and strength to, to deal with the devil, pray. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is in the place of prayer. Me, I love teaching you because that's where I establish things. If I can teach you, I've solved 80% of my problem and your problem. Praise God. How many people can I prophesy to? If I teach you, I empower you. Prayer is how you win your battles. The devil is no match for you when you're a man of prayer. He can't scare you. You gain strength in the place of prayer to deal with the devil. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? I remember years ago when I was not fasting and praying, we were casting out devils in a, 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 my spiritual father's church. The demon was a stubborn demon. We used seven hours. And when we finished, we thought it would go. The, the demon was like, ah. so we thought, oh, Father, we thank you. When we were leaving, and the demon rose up and said, Okay, I send a call. And we said, Hey. When A.A. Allen appears in a meeting, he does not cast demons. When they see him, they flee. You, when the demons see you, they want to embrace you. What is wrong with you? You don't pray, no power. The devil will play with you. You have a dream before you realize you are eating uh, uh, okra. An antelope is chasing you, lion is chasing you. That small room is a zoo. I'm telling you, if you pray, you solve 98% of your problems. I'm telling you, pray. There are some things you just pray. When you begin praying, they'll go. If you are here and a so-called demon has been sleeping with you, eh? At night, no, 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 no. We have done everything we have to do. It's not going. Start pray two hours every day. Fast three times a week from six to six. I'm giving you two months. It will vanish. It's a prescription. It works everywhere. I'm teaching good. Finally, treat prayer as a school. I have not even touched on my teaching. Prayer is an education of the spirit. If you miss prayer, you have missed a class. Prayer is where we have spiritual education. There, there is a wisdom you receive in prayer. You can never receive it anywhere. Am I teaching good? 
it was in prayer God said I should sow my rent as a seed to a man of God when I sold the rent in fact I called the man of God and said man of God the Lord said I should give you my rent he said okay I said please where are you he said I'm not around I said when can I see you I have to do it today he said I can't be in the office then I said what should I do he said send Momo I said big man open Momo I looked for every place to send that Momo because it's huge when I was going I was afraid I said God am I doing this thing did I hear you because they are on fire they will suck me from the house Lord so I couldn't get a place I was trying to convince myself in fact when the Lord said I should sow the seed the man is a very huge like he's a very popular man of God and you can't call those people and they'll pick up so I said Lord if he doesn't pick up it is not your way when I called he picked up I said Jesus so when I started looking for the place I didn't get it I said daddy please I didn't find a place he said keep looking I looked before I found a place and I sent the money. When I sent the money, the money went and I, I said, Gee. and he was praying for me. When he was praying for me, I was weeping. He thought I was under the power of God. <laughs> I was crying. He says, your tears are over, young man. Your tears are over. I said, man of God, I reward and be devoted. Hey! When I finished, I have not told my wife. I have three weeks to pay rent. When she came in the house, I was quiet. She thought I was in the spirit. Are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Before the three weeks, I received 18,000 Ghana cities. Is it normal? It's not normal. Last week I was there. Somebody brought us one expensive couch expensive couch to put in my hall. If you want the old couch, see me after church. Very expensive. Gift. Take it. I say, hey. So, you see, God wanted to furnish my house and take me to a bigger place. But the only way he could use it was to make me give out that money. But I got it in a place of prayer. When you pray, you bypass all the processes and the systems and life becomes easier. Life becomes a dead match. Prayer makes obedience easy. I am telling you, obedience becomes easy. Life becomes a dead match. Have you ever watched a dead match before? Have you watched a dead match with someone who never watched it? Are, are they the same? The experience is the same. You have watched Ghana with Brazil. Ghana won by 2-1. And you are watching it again with somebody, let's say your wife, who has not watched it. Okay? You have watched it already. Then, Ghana is going to score. And your wife is like, hey, hey, I'm going to Ghana. Go, hey, ah! You know how you're going to behave? You're like, duh. It's 2 1. And Ghana, Ghana loses by 1 nil. And it's 80th minute. You're like, hey, Ghana, will you win? You're like, ah. Mommy, it's 2 1. She doesn't know. And Ghana equalizes. Yeah, go! You have watched the match already. That's why your behavior has changed. So at the 91st minute, Ghana was going uh, as a much this time he missed the penalty. He was going like that. Bang, 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 bang. And you're like, Jesus, 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 win. And Ghana wins. And like, go! And she's jumping, jumping, and she brings you more. You're like, ah. <laughs> How do you feel? That match, though. 
anything going on in the match doesn't protect you. Why? Because you have watched it already. You watch your life in the spirit when you pray. So, you don't panic. Why? You have seen it already. You know at the end of the day, it's one thing. It's called glory. So, you don't fear. So, you have confidence. Men of prayer are men of confidence. Check every man of prayer. They don't fear. They can take risks. In fact, we came here. This place we are paying, including we are paying 20,000 Ghana. small church. How do we pay? We came here by faith and prayer. And we'll pay because you will pay. So, they don't fear. You, men of prayer are, are risk takers. They see the end in God. Because God shows it to them by revelation. You become a man of vision in the place of prayer. Please, I want to plead with you. Give yourself to prayer. Can you rise up on your feet? Next week, I'm going to spend some... I will teach you some things here eh, about prayerlessness. You'll be shocked. 